0: Welcome to episode 8 of Windwards, a podcast dedicated to gaming and Glorantha, the Bronze Age fantasy world featured in quest, hero quests, and other games and art forms. Uh, Introducing our hosts, I'm Bill from
1: Canada. I'm Jörg from Germany. And I'm Ludo from uh, another part of Canada, but not too far. No,
0: the other side of the Rockies,
1: eh? Beautiful little
0: uh, piece of country in between us, but uh, definitely a very nice one.
1: Yes. And uh, probably full of trolls.
0: One would hope. I mean, that has got to be the uh, Degaurian course of uh, Canada, eh?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm still looking for the giant insects and uh, giant mushrooms. Um, anyway, we so we took a small break since uh, episode 7, mostly uh, because we had to uh, finish the contest Glorenta has talent, which we will uh, announce the winners a bit later. Uh, we had uh, extended the contest for a couple of weeks, and so uh, that's in part why this episode is coming late. But uh, anyway, let's move on to the Herald's podium for some news.
2: Now it's time to gather in the town center. The herald's podium is where the members of the tribe listen to the news of the world. And talking about news, we have some late breaking news. Uh, the Greg Stafford Memorial Award was announced uh, just about when we finished recording our contest, a bit, uh, which means... Uh, We couldn't uh, congratulate uh, one of our judges for getting one of these prizes. The winners of these prizes are... Yeah,
0: we totally missed you there, Nick, but um, definitely congratulations, bud.
2: Yeah, and Nick is the person who got the award for 2020 fan activity. The award for 2019 fan activity went to another well-deserving gentleman, Martin Helston of Armies and Enemies of Dragon Pass fame.
1: Congrats, Martin.
0: Yeah, that's uh, kind of a, one of those mixed things. I mean, you want to be happy about these kind of things. Of course, uh, Greg had to pass on uh, in order to have the memorial in the first place. So uh, uh, good travels to you, Greg, and um, sorry uh, to your family and uh, b- best uh, friends and all.
1: There used to be another fan award before Greg's passing, right? It was just called, like, Glorendon Fan Awards or something, Jörg?
2: Yes, uh, we had a uh, 2018 uh, winner, which was the organizer for the Down Under convention. All right, there was only one before Greg uh,
1: passed away? Uh,
2: Actually, I think it was already posthumous, but only by a few days.
1: Oh, wow, okay. Well, anyway, um, next bit of news: some more Chaosium news. Actually, uh, the long-awaited uh, RuneQuest two print-on-demand reprints are finally out. Uh, well, most of them are out. Uh, all of the uh, RuneQuest two era books, such as uh, you know Troll Pack and Griffin Mountain and uh, stuff like Cults of Prax, which we have discussed a couple of times in the past on uh, here. Uh, are back out in print-on-demand and are printed through uh, lulu.com, which is a, a pretty well-known uh, print-on-demand provider. On the um, solo quest, so the the old uh, uh, solo adventures for RuneQuest 2 are not in there yet because apparently there's a problem with the, with the cover, uh, but uh, Rick Minds is fixing it, and so it should also be available soon on there.
0: I was saying one item would increase the count by a substantial amount. Uh, there's an awful lot of items in that uh, classic pack.
1: Yeah, um, there is a lot, like the uh, Pavis, Big Rubble, Borderlands, Cults of Plaques, Cults of Terror, Gateway, Bestiary. I think Gateway Bestiary was the first uh, Sandy Peterson contribution to Chaosium, if I remember correctly. Yes. Uh, Plunder, Rune Masters. RuneQuest Companion, troll pack, et etc., et cetera. Uh You can even get the first edition RuneQuest printed, too.
2: Including the titles.
0: This gave me a kick in the butt, I must say. I've actually uh, decided to uh, advertise for a online classic uh, game using RQG rules.
1: <laughs> what What's a classic
0: game using the new rules? <laughs> well, basically speaking, I'll be running RQ2 or RQ3 games. There isn't that much difference. I mean... You can look at a character um, and uh, do a paragraph on him and say, these are his runes. These are his passions. This is how much they are. Like, uh, he's strong in it. He's got a 75%. He's uh, um, weak in it. He's got a 25 or he's got a 40%. You know, 25%. Nothing uh, too big, nothing too major. Uh, There's a couple of spells you you drop or you keep in uh, going, well, okay, invisibility isn't part of RQG. This is a special spell that this character has. That's the RQ um, Classic running RQG graph uh, uh, frame.
2: But, okay, uh, there's a slight yes but to this uh, print-on-demand uh, news, though. Because uh, it's running on Lulu, KOzim uh, is not able to give you the price for the PDF bag, which you may have gotten from the uh, Kickstarter or some uh, or bought directly in the store.
0: But... The, uh, Most of us got the items for very cheap anyway. Um, I think last year uh, they were selling uh, almost all of these items that are available on Pod right now for 25% of the cost or 50% of the cost. Something crazy.
2: Yeah. The other thing is that up to the end of this year, uh, these Pod products will be 25% off. So in the end, you may uh, get your money back.
0: Yeah, saving there too. Yep. You know what to get for Christmas.
2: <laughs> Indeed. So uh, on another news, uh, we do have a new development uh, for the for creators of the Johnstown Compendium because Martin Helson started an initiative uh, to put some of his artwork from Armies and Enemies and the sequels up as art packs for creators to use as Glorantha stock art seeing that Dario Corallo also joined in uh, providing his art which he did for last faction hero the board game by Johnny also as a stock art package these are available on Johnstone Companion uh, at while well, Martin Helsen's are available at 15 dollars each
0: Hey, this uh, makes me think uh, that that sounds like a pretty good idea. So this is basically stock art and royalty-free art. Not free art, though. You do have to pay for the original product. $15, you get to uh, use these in your product or in your uh, campaign or in uh, your Johnstown Companion product. I think Martin Hellson actually has limited to only J.C. Um, items or your own home use. Is this a good deal, Ludo, as an artist? Would you say that uh, you can recommend this?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, for 15 bucks, you get like a whole bunch of actual Gloranthan art, as opposed to having to go buy some other art, like some Viking art or some uh, Celtic art or whatever that you can find on uh, elsewhere on the internet. So you, you get... Stuff that is actually suited for Glorienta and it's uh, royalty free after you paid for the uh, for the fifteen bucks of uh, of the art pack and uh, yeah and I don't think it um, it competes with uh, actually contracting an artist because uh, you know you get what you get in this art pack so if you if you want uh, an you know, a specific, a specific character from your uh, scenario or campaign, or if you want a, uh, a landscape describing a specific mountain or a specific uh, house or stead or ruin you know, or whatever, you'll still have to contract uh, an artist. And, uh, and also, that's a completely different price point to contract an artist for 15 for 15 bucks you only get like a a very small black and white uh illustration if that so so yeah it's uh it's for a completely different type of uh usage so so it's 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 great to have that and it doesn't uh, it won't affect uh illustrators i think so it's good
2: So, is there anything else noteworthy
1: uh, on the Johnstone Companion there? Yes, as a matter of fact, a brand
0: new item that just came in um, as we were going to uh, start recording. So, don't have an awful lot of material on it. It is called, Well, what season are we entering here? Autumn, of course, and Halloween. So we have the pendulum and the pit. A new Johnstown Companion product, uh, Sacred Time Horror, for RuneQuest granted by Inns Smith. I-N-N-E-S. I hmm. wonder how that is uh, supposed to be pronounced. Inns, uh, sounds correct. <laughs> Art, the artwork is a bit rudimentary, but um, it uh, um, works uh, for the um, product. The layout is a bit rudimentary. The price is free. Now, let me repeat that. The price is free for 48 pages of what is either a standalone product or an introductory, pre-introductory, to a game that will be coming out uh, soon that uh, this will be attached to if you wish to, called With Friends Like These. You can't beat free. No, uh, and you know me. I've uh, got a, a habit of uh, posting a little bit about free uh, and uh, the wind whispers. Not uh, rich these days. You got to watch those pennies. And Lunars and clocks, and Borgs, for that matter. <laughs> well, let me throw this over to uh, Ludo. I think Ludo's got a little bit of news on the convention front from this weekend past.
1: Yes, uh, I managed to get some free time to attend Glorantha Games 2020, which is like the name implies... Um... A uh, convention dedicated to Gloranthian games. It's uh, so just one day long, and it was mostly uh, UK time, so I could only attend one game. But it was pretty cool. It was uh, uh, the convention was organized by uh, Pookie, which uh, our listeners might know as uh, uh, like the uh, guy who runs uh, reviews from Rolier. Which reviews a whole bunch of uh, RPG books, and he also has a YouTube channel where he reads uh, the Gloranthan short stories of Griselda. Uh, and he's a generally uh, very involved uh, British chap in the uh, UK role-playing game community. Anyway, I uh, I played one game, uh, GM'd by Dave Millions, which uh, some old Gloranthan people might. Uh, be familiar with he uh contributed to a bunch of hero wars uh, books and he's also a regular uh contributor to the rule one magazine which is a, a i think mostly an online magazine where yeah. he he wrote a bunch of articles about kralorella there uh which is um uh, which is appropriate because the adventure that he was running at Glorenta Games 2020 was a Kralorella adventure, which is why I uh, signed up because I've never been to Kralorella and I don't know much about <laughs> Um So, yeah, it was a short adventure. We uh, fought some really cool-looking and uh, disturbing spirits uh, that were uh, wreaking havoc on our little island. Uh, It was pretty cool. Uh, The main uh, attraction of the adventure, besides the cool-looking spirits, was the preview of the draconic mysticism rules that uh, Dave Millions is working on for Chaosium for a uh, hypothetical upcoming Kralorella book.
2: Not that hypothetical. I think we had it already in the rumors.
1: Uh, Yeah, so it's a rumor.
0: (laughs) Uh, yeah, so uh, it's a hypothetical rumor. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: So, so yeah, it was interesting. Uh, it got, um, I think, it was inspired by some Sandy Peterson ish uh, original mechanics. I don't know. It it felt it felt Sandy P- Peterson ish, like old school Sandy Peterson ish. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, and um, and so yeah, you could like augment your stuff, uh, your skills, uh, skill roles by spending draconic mysticism points and stuff like that. And so it, it, it had some interesting mechanics that I'll have to uh, um, think about some more. Uh, I don't even know how much I can say, actually. Uh, but <laughs> I, I assume uh, Mr. Millions is still working on it.
0: Well, I couldn't say one thing, and that's what off for hats to uh, Pookie. Uh, uh, at conventions, RuneQuest has always been the uh, kind of red-headed stepchild of uh, Call of Cthulhu, if thought about at all, it was thought about in very small ways. It's nice to see that uh, we actually get a a chance to uh, see a grant of China at a
1: convention. Thanks, Pookie. Yeah, thanks, Pookie, for organizing it.
2: Yeah. And, yeah, speaking of organized conventions, uh, there's uh, as we are recording this, another one going on. Mm -hmm.
0: We do have more. Now, how in the name of heck I ended up uh, introducing the Kraken, I'll never know. Um, I'm certainly, well, it might be because I'd like to get Kraken. <laughs> That's probably the reason. All right, the Kraken. Um, convention coming up in Germany that is uh, not quite New Zealand, not quite Gen Con, It's not all online. It's not all in person. It's going to be a hybrid of uh, people are are going to be encouraged to connect on Wi Fi. Uh, a limited number. Uh, was that 50 people there, York?
2: Yes, 50 people is uh, the current uh, meeting uh, border for German COVID, right. at least where there are no increased numbers.
0: So, those that are going to be actually attending are going to be encouraged to uh, break out their um, iPad or their computer and actually join those that are going to be coming from around the world. English is going to be the operating language here. And well, a quick bit on uh, the Kraken. I'll uh, say what I know about it, and uh, maybe we can get York to expound on it a tiny bit. It's <laughs> going to happen in a castle, is um, um, which is absolutely wonderful from what I understand. Yeah, It is one of the granddaddy's uh, conventions, whereas Gen Con is North America's... Mm-hmm. Hello, world. Um, Come on and uh, check out their convention. This is uh, Germany's.
2: Uh, Sort of. Uh, uh, It's happening in uh, 17th century uh, Hunting Palace, also, in the back of nowhere in Brandenburg. So if if uh, you're going there and uh, you're driving there and you get the uh, weird feeling that you shouldn't have entered here, then you're correct. That's how people uh, who went uh, there the first time described going there.
0: So that's kind of like going to Calgary here in Canada. <laughs> you shouldn't have entered here. <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, it's the successor uh, to Tentacles, uh, which in, uh, to, uh, which was the name uh, of the original German RuneQuest convention after its sixth uh, incarnation, and it's run by Fabian, who ran all the Tentacles convention.
0: Tentacles, the you, you, the uh, the old um, dancing.
2: No, uh, tentacles was uh, yeah. Uh, the uh, tentacles convention had uh, the book of tentacles as a as a fundra- uh, uh, fundraiser. So yes, uh, I, I the love fanzines. Those fanzines.
0: I love those. They're great. Yep,
2: they're, they're not fanzines, They're fundraisers.
0: <laughs> so is there a connection between the old school people that uh, used to run the tentacle and the modern kraken? Well,
2: uh, Fabian is the organizer of both. Uh, the team has become a lot more international now at least in the normal years. Cool. Uh, and yes, it's, uh, the, the Kraken is a small uh, convention because the palace doesn't have that many places uh, to offer.
0: And well, it's going to be a little bit bigger this year as they open it up to the world.
2: <laughs> yes. But uh, it always has been a place where you can meet the designers and talk to them and learn from them. So you, uh, I've been rubbing shoulders with uh, more big names in the hobby there than uh, anywhere else I ever went. And That includes uh, Essen Spiel, the big uh, the big uh, game fair.
1: So uh, I, yes, but yeah, I think Yurik has more to say about what's going on in Germany.
2: Yes, uh, I've been kept busy the last weeks uh, with following the German crowdfunding for the German translation of RuneQuest Glorantha. And for German uh, numbers, it has been a resounding success. Uh, the minimum goal was fulfilled in less than 12 hours, and by the end of the crowdfunding all stretch goals had been funded, which is more than the uh, publisher expected.
0: I saw the cover on the um, on the website for this. and. Other than the fact that the first word, um, role-playing, is not the same <laughs> word. It almost looks the exact same. I was thinking, well, that'd be a good thing to buy.
2: Well, uh, if, you, if you're if you speaking German and want to play it in your native language rather than in English, it's def, it's definitely a must-have. And yes, uh, we are hoping to uh, get a good number of new request fans with this release because, let's face it, 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 it's looking beautiful. It's uh, going to follow the uh, English la- English language layout, mostly. It will have a couple of pages more because German is more long-winded. But, well, <laughs> everybody who read my texts will know that.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and a few uh, extra production values because you're getting two bookmark ribbons instead of one.
0: Yes, and we also get... I guess uh, we
1: have to prove that we're definitely
0: geeks <laughs> <laughs>
2: there's also another benefit uh, extra benefit the German backers will get because we are going to get the boot home map the aerial view and uh, poster map size I think it's uh, uh, which is coming with a printed version of the rules oh. and another thing everybody who bought the book uh, the rules book and the crowdfunding will also get free the actual GM screen, not the GM screen pack, but the GM screen as uh, an add-on. Nice. So just for the uh, just for the price of the rules book, you get you're getting about half of the slipcase set.
1: Cool. Well, I mean, uh, in the sp- in the spirit of uh, French-German competition, I have to say <laughs> that the the French uh, RuneQuest uh, crowdfunding had almost twice as many uh, backers as the as the German one. So, uh, suck it, Germany! Uh- <laughs> um, the translator
2: is uh, Julia Rawcliffe who's already a, a Chaosium uh, convention organizer, among other things. And uh, she's uh, uh well uh, she has been living with RuneQuest for all her life. Her father did the first Runquest uh, the first German Runquest uh, translation when she was an infant. Huh. <laughs> and yes, uh, we are going to get uh, most of the errata already included in the rules. We do have some extra space anyway, so why not do it? <laughs> yeah.
0: Truly unfortunate that we don't have a rumor table this uh, month, but uh, there's uh, one uh, item that I was going to write as a rumor a while back uh, that is actually fact. Um, and uh, that is all of these uh, uh, typos and errata for the English uh, readers will be included in the next printing of According to Rick Minds. And again, it was going to be a great rumor there,
1: but no rumor table. Whah. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. So I think that's it for the news for this episode. And uh, we are going to go over and get some uh, guests into uh, the recording room. The plane has landed at the
0: airport and we sent a limo to uh, get the judges. So it won't be long. (laughs) Now... We're going to start with the, our first two-topic episode ever, and our first topic is going to be care and feeding of Tolkien, is it not, Jörg? Sorry? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh um, Hold on, wrong page. Give me a second here. <laughs> Glorantha has, <clears throat> um, hum. let's try that again. Glorantha has talent. Why do you serve the question mark on that? I don't know. I'm trying to figure that out because we know the answer to that, don't we? Glorantha has talent. I mean, let's face it. We have a light bringer's worth of talent that we're going to present to you this morning in uh, our first topic. Our second topic will be myth and you and your scenarios. How do you take a myth and put it into your scenario? How do you make your adventure Glorantha, in other words? Now, a short introduction to the contest. You guys have seen more than enough... Uh, material at winwards.fm slash blog. Pinned at to the top of it is Grant Has Talent. We're located on BRP Central. Also, um, again, uh, Grantha Has Talent. Both with question marks. But as I say, we have proved that Grantha does have talent. Absolutely wonderfully. And let's move over to Ludo. Um, Ludo, we got some uh, folks uh, here that you can introduce, uh, do we not?
1: Uh, yes, we have to introduce the judges that uh, have judged, in their mighty uh, wisdom and in some cases illumination, uh, the uh, entries to the contest of the people who wanted to prove to us that Gloritha has indeed talent. Uh, let's go with uh, some boring alphabetical order, and we will start with Diana. Hello, Diana. Hi there. You are actually a standing judge. Like we had a a little of a a switch between our old judge and uh, your new.
3: Let me say how absolutely delighted I am to be your second choice here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's the least we could do. Honestly, It it
3: so is.
0: We're delighted to have you. (laughs) Listen, uh, no, thank you very much for saying that. That's very true. All of our judges, including the ones that aren't standing here, are fantastic. Anybody who's willing to put their time in for no money at all. I mean, oh, sorry. Did it... Oops. I'll shut Don't up, I'll yet. shut up now. <laughs> uh,
1: Diana, do you want to say 30-second uh, 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 credentials for you?
3: Sure. Uh, my name's Diana Probst. I'm an artist and an engineer, and I'm a relatively recent RPG writer. I've been GMing for a long time, but I'm quite new to Glorantha. I've been into it for a couple of years. And it's really impressed me just how deep and how wide and how broad the world is. You can get lost in it so easily. So I'm loving being here.
1: Great. Next, we have uh, Greta. Hello. Uh, You were one of our first choices in Diana. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, no, we're all, you, you're all first choices. Uh, but... Um, so, yeah, He's you... telling
0: you guys the truth, you all were first choices. When we put together our initial list, all of your names yeah. were on that initial list.
1: Yes, yes, you were all. And then we had to, uh, to make a, a, a cut. But anyway, I think uh, Greta already had some interaction last episode like Mm -hmm. a pre-recording introduction, but uh, you can say a couple things for those who missed that episode, those um, miscreants who are uh, not (laughs) listening to all the episodes. Unbelievable.
4: Well, uh, for all the miscreants out there, uh, my credentials are um, I write a blog, and I am a newbie to the fandom with maybe less than a decade of experience here. And uh, I am also a uh, miscreant, so welcome.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, last, for a complete opposite of the first two, one we have uh, an old hand uh, and somebody who the non-miscreants might remember from uh, one of our earlier episodes of Winter. The Windward. miscreants
0: will also remember him. Don't forget. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, actually, there's a good chance that any miscreant knows uh, Nick. Hi, Nick. Oh, hi, Jurgen, Thank you very much for having me back on
5: the program. Um, I don't know why. <laughs> well, because your you home.
0: called Ludo York, um, which
5: is why we had you back. <laughs> <laughs> it had to be done. So, um, yeah, what can I say? I've been into Glorantha for far too long. Um, I used to help run storytelling contests and sing-alongs, and foolishly, your hosts here <laughs> I thought that that meant um i had some kind of quality control that my, my day job is quality control but i'm now off the clock so no
6: <laughs>
0: thank you very much for having me we you 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 pointed us out to uh, that we were mistaken very quickly uh, and I, I feel chastised
1: also we have to point out Oops. that uh, one such single long actually occurred live on air oh god twin yes. words. <laughs> Ah, you lucky, lucky people. And it was recorded. It was not only recorded, but posted on the Internet. We did get a lot of letters
0: from parents telling us that their kids had turned into miscreants after hearing it, however. (laughs)
1: Mm. (laughs) Anyway, so those are our three judges. And uh, Jörg, you can tell us a bit about uh, how the judges went about to judge the entries of the contest.
2: First of all, all, I will have to uh, tell uh, the rules of the contest, I guess. So, yes. uh, Glorantha Has Talent is a contest uh, on the podcast, which uh, we had running for about uh, a month, and then we prolonged it by another two weeks, which is why this episode is a little late. So uh, we uh, solicited uh, entries till 5th of October, and uh, then we gave them over to our judges to give their votes. We were looking for short audio files with Glorantha uh, content that are uh, entertaining, evocative, and that sound nice, or at least memorable, ideally all at the same time. And, yeah, we got a couple. This is all meant to be in the spirit of maximum game fun. Do I really have to read all the rules? It's quite a... <laughs> <laughs> No.
3: You're allowed to make God, some up uh... as you go along, obviously. I mean, the bribery <laughs> rules that we're not reading out to anyone else were particularly interesting. Oh.
0: <laughs> you, you, you did get your Rolls Royce, did you not, um, from the winner?
3: Yeah, but it was left-hand drive.
0: I oh. know. Oh, how in the name of how can you joust with the left-hand drive Rolls Royce?
3: Uh, baguettes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if we have enough time for an explanation on that, I would love to hear what baguettes like.
1: <laughs> I mean, as a French person, a baguette is something yummy you eat uh, in the morning. With a bit of uh, uh, yeah entirely.
0: As,
3: as a person from Cambridge, punk get jousting with baguettes is our traditional sport.
0: Do
1: you have a combat baguette?
3: Uh, yes, obviously you use a combat baguette. How could you not?
1: <laughs> so it's a it's a baguette that has gone stale and hard.
3: You wouldn't want to eat it anymore. <laughs>
1: <laughs> although although we do have recipes for uh, for handling that, it's called the pain perdu, lost bread. You you take the uh, the stale bread and you cook it on a frying pan with some eggs and sugar. Ah. yes, you can do that. It's very yummy. Oh, nice. Anyway, <laughs> okay. even, um, even if we even if we aren't going to give away the rules, I
0: do say that what we will do is uh, let uh, people know what our judges' uh, instructions were. <laughs> yeah, vote on entertainment vote on Clare and vote on production values. Now, production values, um, I do want to point out, you'd be surprised what you could do on a telephone. Um, If you have lo-fi, there are bands that have made an entire career at a lo-fi. So production values do not mean that it has to sound like a million bucks.
2: So before we're introducing the winners, let's mention the prizes that the winners will be able to pick. We're starting with A Rough Guide to Glamour, Special Edition, thanks to Nick Brook and his team. Then we have Legion, thanks to New Gibson. Monsters of the Month, 1-8, to Special Edition, thanks to Austin Conrad of Achilles. We have the Pegasus Plateau, thanks to Mob and Chaosium. And the Smoking Runes, also thanks to Mob and Chaosium.
0: So, what are we going to call our victors? Well, first, second, and third place is kind of traditional, isn't it? But yeah, come on. We're, we're, we're talking Ranthe here. Our first uh, title, first place, will be the Prince of um, Entertainment. Our second place will be the Chieftain of Entertainment. Our third place will be the Thane of Entertainment. So, of course, the Prince gets the first place prize, right, York? Yes, of course. Well, that would make sense, except that we're not doing things normally. A little bit more Ranthe here. We're going to give uh, the uh, Prince the first and the fourth pick. I mean, everybody knows the Prince has got to get a little bit more. So he'll get to choose from our beautiful prizes that uh, Jorgis just mentioned. He gets to choose uh, first. The Chieftain will choose second. The Thane will choose third. But the Prince will again choose again for fourth uh, pick, and the Chieftain will choose for fifth pick. Make sense?
1: Yeah, so the Prince and the Chieftain will get two prizes. Uh, and we should mention that all the prizes are PDF only. Yeah.
2: Well, why only? But uh, still, so by the time the, this episode airs, we should already have contacted the winners for them to pick the prize.
0: Okay. Let's uh, start out with uh, the fact that all of these um, are incredible entries. I mean, these guys have put their hearts and souls into it. A round of applause, please. I mean, seriously. Yay! Absolutely <laughs> incredible. We have four honorable mentions. Um, to go along with our uh, chieftain Our, uh, um, or, sorry, our prince Our chieftain and our thane
2: So uh, we have uh, by Michael Hammons The Gloranth and Bard's Tale
7: Come all you people Of the wilds of Dragon Pass Come near the storm These four brave adventurers Met in Israel, On a bright and sunny day In the middle of the fire season It was surely fate There's Eris, a noble woman Who wants to be a thief Verona, a buffalo rider Who dances in the streets Althea, a healer Who wants to dance but can't And Jindal well he needs more than one line to explain okay so Jindar comes from the Grayslands, and they're supposed to like horses but he doesn't like horses because his dad was ki- killed by a horse so he moved away from the Grayslands to his role. to get away from horses but the only appreciable skill he had was horses so the only job he could get was working in a stable which he hated then he met the other adventurers and he begged them to take him on an adventure so he could get away from horses, but the only value that he could add to the group was the fact that he knew how to take care of horses. So on their adventure, he takes care of their horses, which he hates. People in the countryside began to disappear. Mayhem was everywhere. It's all that they could hear. Saseer, the evil sorcerer had begun to run amok They needed to stop him But unfortunately they needed to first Travel to the southern continent because that's where Cicero's doing his thing. Um, But on the way, there was a boy that was drowning, so they wanted to save him. Uh, Althea jumped in the water to save him, but she failed her swim roll, so then she began drowning too. So then Verona threw a rope to them to to pull them out, but she failed her strength roll, so she couldn't pull them out. And things were looking really bad, but then Eris was like, oh, we'll just tie the rope to Verona's buffalo, and the buffalo will pull them out. And that worked, so then they were good. Then they ran into an evil forest nip who was going to curse them unless they could find a rock shaped like a piece of bread uh, for some reason. And they were able to do that, and that was good, okay. And then they got to the city where Cicere is supposed to be, uh, but they got arrested um, for violating the local customs and thrown in jail. So, you know, eventually they're going to stop Cicere and it'll be a really cool story. But for now, they're in jail and their defense attorney is a foreign guy named B.B. Lemon who uh, no one can really understand.
0: Next, as um, another one of our wonderful honorable mentions, we have Alex's, Alex Jones, wonderful Andron the Andrin the Brave has some great um, artwork uh, that we're going to have to post up on our show notes.
6: Andrin the Brave and Starbrow's Revolt. I was just a boy When the red moon rose in the sky Prayed old day, Chalana Arroyo that scar in the heavens on high I'm fighting to free my homeland From lunar conquerors that destroyed my tribe I'm fighting to avenge the fallen Against chaos magics that wreak destruction My father taught me well To serve all of the king of the gods Live wild and free, your own path you must seek Travel Glorantha to Kirofin's Peak I raise my sword, shouting triumphantly as I stand over a defeated foe The battle rages around me Bronze clashing against bronze Lances breaking on shield walls I remember my first pilgrimage Climbing the steep spike to the sky, birthplace of all and winter top, fearing the storm that I might die. said do not be afraid death is just part of life in this world now pick up your sword there's adventures ahead this great mythic world must be explored the stars, its terrible eyes staring hungrily for my soul. I scream my last war cry, praying to all under strength as I charge sword first into its great bloody moor. Andrin the brave they called me, and I fought to see Sata free. My part in the struggle is over, but yours has just begun. Next, we
2: have, uh, by Morgan Conrad, Laika's Eulogy for Kallir.
8: This is a recording of Laika's Eulogy given for Kalir Starbrow in Boldhome. Six score and eleven years ago, our father Sartar brought forth in Dragon Pass a new kingdom conceived in unity and dedicated to the worship of Orlanth and Rinalda. Now we are engaged in a great war, testing whether our kingdom, or any kingdom so conceived and so dedicated, can long endure. We have come to commemorate a great hero, to honor and remember she who gave her life, that our kingdom might live. It is altogether fitting and proper that we should do this. But in a larger sense, we cannot dedicate, we cannot consecrate, we cannot hallow this hero. Callier Starbrow, while living and dead, who struggled for us, consecrated herself far above our poor power to add or detract. The world will little note nor long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what the Starbrow has done. It is for us, the living, rather, to be dedicated here to the unfinished work which Callier Starbrow has thus far so nobly advanced. It is rather for us to be here dedicated to the great task remaining before us, that from her honored death we take increased devotion to that cause for which she gave the last full measure of devotion, that we here highly resolve that the Queen of Sartar shall not have died in vain, that this nation under Orlanth shall have a new birth of freedom, and that a kingdom of the father, of the mother, of the mother, for their people shall not perish from the earth.
0: And we end with Jeremy Wong's fantastic joke. Yeah. We'll, we'll let us speak for a second.
4: <laughs> Aldwolf was trampled by a stampeding earthshaker. He was almost flattened like a strip of leather. He says it's the fault of the Chamonial, but I think the evidence is pretty thin. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So, having heard these uh, four great entries, uh, do you have anything to say about this uh, to our precious guys, judges here?
3: Actually, I would like to just straight up say thank you for Jeremy Wong's joke because at the exact point when it came in, I was just totally in need of a laugh when I got to the end of it and I laughed and I stared at my computer and I went, yeah, thank you so <laughs>
0: thanks jeremy you've done me a solid <laughs> jeremy you've got yourself a fan and she happens to write great modules
3: oh shucks
0: nick hi and th- that was <laughs> nick, uh, Victor, to say. Okay. <laughs> there's, there's there's two
5: things i'd like to say three three things i'd like to say about the honorable mentions there were four of them right um The first is I'm very grateful to Jeremy Wong for submitting a 13 second entry. Thank you, Jeremy. Um, (laughs) The second is uh, Michael Hammonds was very brave. His uh, Glorantham Bard's tale uh, was very well delivered and pleasantly musical, but it was a story about what his adventurer did. And I specifically told him not to tell me that.
0: So, (laughs) sucker! And. My th- Listen, we take the judges where we can get them. Don't pay them
9: <laughs>
5: <off>. <laughs> and my third observation is on Morgan's um, Leica's eulogy for Callier. Uh, it's no secret that every now and again I slip a slight anachronism into the otherwise rigorously Bronze Age, archaeologically accurate world of Glorantha no you wouldn't and um i did feel that morgan's reworking of the gettysburg address to fit an event of the era, early hero wars was inspired it was really well done and if his delivery had had a bit more of i think it could have had a lot more fans um <laughs> so i really liked that it was my it was my kind of loranson thing but it wasn't <laughs> one of my top three choices. cool and uh gritta
4: um i have No real comments, mostly uh, echoing uh, Nick and Diana on uh, really appreciating Jeremy Wong's joke, which made me laugh, which, you know, that's a step above a sensible chuckle. That's um, (laughs) The eulogy for Khalir was uh, also very nice, very nice. I agree with Nick completely that uh, if he had had a little bit more oomph in the delivery, that I probably would have voted a bit more for it.
0: Wow. Well, you know something, this is good stuff, uh, guys. Uh, This gives um, us insight on how you're thinking, uh, and that really goes a long way. So I probably
3: spent longer thinking about that joke than I did listening to it. And I've got to question how someone who was trampled could be accusing a shaman, except through another shaman, or some kind of Mostali Bellows contraption. And I'm wondering if maybe Mm -hmm. he needed help getting pumped up, but I am probably thinking too hard about it. And I'd just like to say the delivery (laughs) of the joke was good.
1: (laughs) Are you going to make a whole adventure module out of this
3: joke? I was actually seriously tempted. (laughs) (laughs)
8: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh. um uh,
5: alex jones's andrew in the brave um i was really quite pumped by this uh it's a, a performance by red moon burning um a band who are exactly as exciting as the title makes you think um it had music it had lyrics it had performance it rocked i really enjoyed this i would like Um, more contest entries to have this much vim and oomph and um, sheer sheer courage frankly so yeah Andrew the brave it was a brave performance thanks very much alex and red Moon burning
0: that is really good of you to mention that Uh, again those that did not win you you guys are winners that's all there is to it especially this one listen uh, I have a quick question uh, from uh, the host here to uh, my judges and again we'll do it in alphabetical order so uh, Diana first did the additional material that came in, the as Nick says, that uh, there was a lot of uh, depth uh, to uh, what came in in the Red uh, Moon uh, Burning, including an album cover and uh, the uh, lyrics.
3: So I love the fact that some things came in as albums. We were asked to judge on entertainment, gloranthinous and production values, and this was like, yeah, this looks like a production and i i, I love to look through it and i went oh would i buy this album and I, I was straight back to hmv and 20 years ago and if that dates me think how old you are <laughs> um so yeah it was really cool to see the extra production brilliant,
4: there. brilliant yeah i i agree completely the uh production values were of course a criterion that uh, we were supposed to take a look at and certainly seeing all the you know Additional material, the covers, the liner notes, and so on uh, certainly had an effect on us. I think it's definitely on me.
5: Oh, this is just wonderful because um, the what was originally presented to the judges was an email saying I've sent you my album cover and no album cover. So I lobbied. I made sure that we got the full package delivered, and believe me, it's a full package. Um, I suggest everyone listening to this at home heads to the sleeve notes to this episode of the podcast, downloads the album cover for Red Moon Burning, and then stares at it for a
0: long, long time. If you move your head back and forth, you'll get a little bit of 3D too. <laughs> Possibly a headache. Yeah. I tried. Oh, god, did I get a headache? <laughs> Listen, this is why we um, have hired the best and we're paying them the best dollar that we could afford. These, these judges are worth every penny that they're getting.
3: Twice nothing is nothing.
0: Oh. <laughs> Clunk, clack. We were, trying to, we were trying to point out that we had a big budget. Now you've gone and sunk that illusion. They'll never believe it again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Great. Okay, so now let's go into the uh, three winners. Uh, and first, for our thing, well, let's yeah.
0: uh, let's do a quick conclusion on oh, the yeah. um, sure. idea there, uh, these uh, folk, We we don't take too much time, but I do want to say that uh, for those of you that are uh, listening, let's keep in mind we have had three um, three votes of um, very high praise from very good people saying that. A 14-second joke actually caught your attention. There's absolutely no reason not to enter the next contest we have.
1: True. So uh, for in the third place, for the Thane of entertainment, we have uh, Stefan Lucek with the eye of Yinkin. Let's, uh, let's give it a listen. Mm. Mm.
3: I liked the music to that a lot, but I felt that it came in, in two parts to me, because I always tend to listen to words separately from how I listen to other input. It's just something about how my brain works. And um I felt it needed some I, I felt that when I was listening to the tune, I was missing out on the words. There was something that wasn't quite matching them for me. And I know that it was good for other people, and that's really awesome. I would like to listen to more of this music like the the sounds that were going on behind it, it disappointed me when this song ended. Um, if I replayed it a lot, I'd probably want the instrumental part only. Um, and I definitely enjoyed being able to read separately what was going on in the lyrics, because that's how my brain works. So basically, next time, do much the same thing, but do it longer. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, we did have a three-minute
4: limit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Greta, but yes, I found myself uh, humming along to it as I listened, so that uh, there's an energy to it that I uh, really enjoyed. Uh, just um, you know, drew me in a little bit. That's all I have for notes, unfortunately, on this one,
5: <laughs> Nick. Uh, thank you for asking. Um, if, if I can reminisce for a moment. A decade or so back, uh, there was a surprise winner in the Eurovision Song Contest when um, every other act that year seemed to be gyrating persons of ambiguous gender-wearing tight spandex, which is, of course, excellent. I'm not judging you. But the winner was um, a couple of um, middle-aged to elderly Danish grey-haired sweater-wearing guitar strummers. And it was like, yes, this, this appealed. This was the the every person vote for a certain demographic that looked on aghast at the spandex madness. Now, if we are to interpret uh, Glorantha Has Talent through the lens of Eurovision, and I for one think we should, then clearly Red Moon Burning, the natural heirs to wild stallions, are the spandex hard rock act. And uh, Stevens, the Eye of Yinkin, picked up votes from people who were perhaps not ready for the full-on sensory onslaught of album covers and um, vicious guitar work. So yes, (laughs) I enjoyed the Eye of Inkin too. I thought it was great. It was a very happy listen, and I was delighted with it. It It's one of my choices.
0: Incredibly erudite, incredibly learned there, uh, Nick, and possibly over the head of some of our listeners. Can you tell uh, our uh, great and valued listeners exactly who Wild Stallion are?
5: (laughs) uh go go, go go to the cinema if you ever reopens and see bill and ted
0: um you will you will thank me later oh well thank you now <laughs> trust us <laughs> <laughs> we will we will all right third place I of uh, the incan steven Lusick. some great uh, comments on it and a great piece of music i hope you guys enjoyed hearing it let's go a listen to um, our second place uh, winner the chieftain of entertainment crestfallen carl by tony davis
10: crestfallen carl drinking ale in the stable never finished a dream flying in the sky then dropped by furies his uncle Elmal's ray brought the bell from starter but no glories for a fool armies cannot concern a man deep in tycora tech's cold embrace no bitter tears when there is still wood for winter fires a bird still roosts in the chimney and the bed is hard as stone. When the royal road is flooded, what can a fool do but drink? Armies cannot concern a man sleeping in Israel's vault. The willow is adorned in the ancient way. A rope swings from the branches. The briar conquers the slope like a steading where the heroes are away, and only cotters remain. The Alex sleeps in the hall, and none of us dare move her. Town has nothing we want. Armies cannot concern a man deep in Suberi's clutches. They will call down reprisals on the Breeder Clan. The ancient boundary stones awakened and rope to bind the cattle, things to clean and things to burn. Bring coins for hired swords. Armies cannot concern a man under the earth. Alas, they have stoned the rooster of augury to death. Alas, we have stopped talking to our kin and our enemies surround us. Alas, all that is left is Gargarth's rage and a lost spirit dog armies cannot concern a man whose house has no windows no doors and there you have it i think that was
0: absolutely wonderful hmm. now we've got our first uh spoken word um that is um in amongst the winners we we're going from guitar and music to spoken word and a little uh more of a skaldic rather than a bardic tradition of the um let's go uh, again alphabetical but let's go the opposite of alphabetical let's start with nick move our way uh, down the um, first name alphabet to greta and we'll end with diana
5: okay let's start with me um I liked this. It was a, a poetry recitation. It's based on Tom Waits' track, Cold Cold Ground. It was uh, confidently executed, and that's worth a lot to me. Um, it could have been you know, more musical, but not everyone can do music. I myself cannot do music. You've heard the podcast. You know it's true. So <laughs> this, this is another good, confident, and um, original entry, and I appreciate it for that. Greta?
4: This was... Uh, I would say pure fun. It's, uh, you know, fairly competently executed, um, a very good spoken word track, and it's good listening overall. Um, All these tracks are, you know, just generally fun, but uh, Chris Von Car was very lovely. So
3: I started with no idea what was going on there, but I absolutely loved it, and then I got really depressed, and then I went to drink my liver into submission. And I don't even like Tom Waits, and I had to go listen to the original, because this is exactly why I like poetry. Um, It it actually moved me surprisingly much, and unfortunately I have started liking Tom Waits, and it's Tony Gates' (laughs) fault. And this is pretty terrible, because the man makes Bob Dylan look like he could sing. (laughs) <laughs> um, you know he's, he's a very talented lyricist let's say this kindly but um i didn't even get on to what i was going to say about leonard cohen should i stop
0: get in there oh.
3: <laughs> and it, it was just incredibly poetical it also reminded are, are we going to have a war yeah.
0: between great britain and canada over leonard cohen I, seriously <laughs> now
3: well this that on mariah carey how could Do you really want to
0: bring it how could anyone say anything bad about leonard cohen Diana? I don't know.
3: <laughs> I, I, again, um, the, the, this golden voice, it doesn't really get up into the silver-tongued part.
0: <laughs> you, you you, might be the first woman I've ever met uh, I'm a herd that has ever said you, that. most of you, them you melt. You might, in fact, be the first
5: woman he's ever met.
0: Congratulations, <laughs> Diana. I'm
11: prepared to believe uh, that. Uh, uh,
4: <laughs> um,
0: Nick, I, so, thought we, I thought we agreed to not talk about that anymore. <laughs> some, of, some more dirty little secrets should remain.
3: So I absolutely and definitely enjoyed this. And um, it also reminded me of T.S. Eliot. So there's some serious poetry and I just want to talk about it. for. Like, I could talk about this for ages and it's all Tony Davis's fault and I'm, I'm going to have to take up Tom Waits, and I, I hate you. Well done. You won. <laughs> well, in my head. Obviously, you're actually not Prince because
0: well, the I, other judges
3: I, don't understand.
0: I'm sure there's more to be said on this topic, but I'm pretty sure we covered everything that you could possibly think of.
3: Uh, well, and another thing. Yeah, we have
0: it. <laughs> uh, yes. And, uh, and Ludo, uh, any comments at all on our second place uh, winner?
1: Uh, I, I can't comment after uh, after Diana here. It's uh, <laughs> no, no, Diana, you covered it. <laughs> you you <Yes>. nailed it. Jörg? <laughs> I do
2: think that uh, the cresthorn call also was our first entry.
0: Yes, it was, and boy did oh, it make yeah. us excited. I think we I, I think we jumped up and down for half an hour at least. Yes, well, it's <laughs> the lack of seeing women. You have to understand, <laughs> <laughs> Nick. Yep. Why did you bring that up?
5: Well, Ludo mentioned it. He thought it would be a good way of keeping you off balance. (laughs)
0: Ludo <laughs> we, 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 you got some explaining to do
3: um, okay so I can do this explaining when a woman barbarian and a man barbarian love each other very much they give each other a very special cuddle we and then you could, get well, Conan I'm listening to
0: every word that's being said here
3: <laughs> uh, yeah I, I, I'm sure someone can do diagrams for you but I have an extra charge for that for the art
5: if this goes on I will get out Okay. <laughs>
0: In show notes, you will get uh, an address for the where you can send. For the oh you charging
1: you. No. And you say. What no. <laughs> Before we get into very disturbing Bronze Age R-rated um, uh, storytelling, uh, <laughs> but, we do
2: but, have, but, but. we do have a Prince of Entertainment.
1: Yeah, let's. Oh, let's you announce, can. A year you can announce the the overall winner and who who. Uh,
2: Now, this is what I call Illumination by Chris Guilla.
5: Enjoy.
11: Good evening, initiate. Welcome to your sevening guided meditation preparatory session number 10. Come sit. It's so warm outside and you look tired. You could do with a little of her peace and tranquility. Are you sitting comfortably? Good, good, that's it. Now, close your eyes, relax, and join with us as we count backwards from seven. Seven. I would like you to focus on the feeling of moonlight on your skin. Light that shines on you, light that shines through you, red and perfect. All your weaknesses are ours now, yes, even that. You don't need to worry about any of it anymore. Six. I would like you to be aware of the calm and serene emptiness inside yourself. It is just you and her and us. Welcome her in and be with us. 5. Wouldn't it be nice to share this feeling with others? Shouldn't everyone get to share in her loving warmth? Yes, everyone. Even them. Four. Do not shy away from them. They mean you no harm. They too wish to join us in her light. Remember, they are part of us too, and we will all be one in her healed world. Three. Breathe out. That's it, keep breathing. These are your first true steps towards your seventh self-initiate. Path to illumination is long, but she is with you all of the way. Two. Your life so far has been a book, a town, a group of people like you and me. But you are not the book, not the town, not the person. Let us not talk of the words on the written page, but of the white spaces between them that give them meaning and purpose. Let us not talk of the huddled buildings, but of the lonesome roads that knit them together. Let us not talk of the bodies sitting here, of the messy division of persons, but of the all that cradles us, nurtures us, Divides me from you and gives us meaning. You are that white space, I am those roads, we both one. We are all us. us.
0: i am very relaxed now Um, i'm staring i'm staring at the pictures (laughs) (laughs) that sounds sounds a lot worse than
1: (laughs) yeah yeah, you're looking at the pictures of the barbarians loving each other or of the elimination relaxation
0: you can take a look at show notes for the exact details of what i'm looking at pictures at i believe yours will be posting them blame him (laughs)
1: <laughs> so, um, the judges probably have comments on this one, since they uh, collectively voted it the winner. Uh, let's start with uh, Nick. Thank you.
5: I loved this. Uh, thank you, Chris. Uh, I thought it was excellent use of the guided meditation format, the, the way the subversive messaging crept in, and the growing sense of disquiet you get as you listen to it, <laughs> and wonder whether the Moon Women Making sense, after all. Um, I think as many barbarians as possible should listen to this track. I think you should probably play it after a stressful day, when you go to sleep at night, at the dawning of every bright new day. Believe me, you'll thank me later.
1: (laughs) Greta?
4: Yes. Um, So this does really work very well as a relaxation tape. Um, And yes, it's all the categories that uh, we're supposed to look for. It's very, very Gloranthin. Um, this is, you know, if if there was some way to record sound, this is something that the Lunar Provincial Church should be uh, handing out for free with the cornbread. And okay. the production <laughs> values are excellent. This looks so much like something you could find in the uh, 25-cent rack at a, a record store
1: post the the album well, the uh cd cover and and stuff like that in the show notes too (laughs) we certainly will Ollie.
0: yes
4: and it's just very well put together um very well mixed with on the sound very well done lyrics or are they lyrics i think it's does it count as lyrics if it's chanting i think it does and you know the, the lines are just excellent all your weaknesses are ours now yes even there. <laughs> um,
5: technically, we call them riddles instead of the lyrics, but. Uh, the <laughs> not,
10: not the we.
0: <laughs> we are all ooze. Is that how that uh, saying goes? Us.
1: Yes. <laughs> not ooze.
0: Okay, just checking.
1: And uh, Diana?
3: Okay, so this freaked me the hell out um <laughs> <laughs> I
0: can think to win a cup the contribution to do
3: <Good. laughs> Ooh. For those who are not listening in stereo I listen to this first one with my headphones on Which means I've got really clear sound channels And so there are conversations that are happening And it's as you get closer and closer to the end You know it's going to happen And then the voices speak together And it was beautiful I mean, it wasn't spooky But it gave me the same hair on the back of my head feeling Just because that was so perfect. It was exactly what I was expected, and I couldn't stop it. It was amusing. It, it was shuddersome. Uh, the cover was awesome. Um, yes. I,
0: how much money did you end up giving to the Cult of the Moonies, if I might ask?
3: Uh, well, I, was, I do have in my notes I'm a bit worried about the cult. Um, it was very definitely very talented. Like I had to fight it off. And the whole thing was well done. It was presented well from the outside to the inside, from the start to the finish. And it was really impressive.
1: The, the the point about this there is actually a good point because uh for you know technical limitation the podcasts well all pretty much 99% of podcasts are actually mono so we'll we'll put the uh like the the winning subs, um submissions separate so that people can listen to it in stereo because the the version that we just listened to as part of the podcast will sadly be only in mono remember listen to it often <laughs> yes
3: try listening to it backwards there's another message
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh hold on wait, wait, wait. no no what happens when you so um, happens? traditionally
3: the devil then speaks to you and tells you to do things i haven't actually listened to it backwards but i'm pretty sure we can interpret something cool oh. Haven't you <laughs> <laughs> so this explains a lot
4: about Nick <laughs>
0: <laughs> and this guys is why we um um got these uh focus uh, judges everybody that we uh chosen first second um and third uh, choices as I, as we said at the very beginning everybody that somehow i'm um, here i uh, was on our first uh, pick uh, choice but we just had too many purse picks
1: so, yeah, those are our three winners. I have to say that uh, the, the, the the Prince of Entertainment, this, uh, you know, illumination relaxation tape, this is the one that caught me by surprise because I expected jokes, I expected songs, I expected poems and spoken myth and stuff like that. Oh, well, but Ludo, not, we asked
0: him I to think it, outside of the box. Yes, did, and I
1: never in a million years expected a relaxation tape, so that was absolutely <laughs> awesome.
0: Can I have the answer to the question? Does Clarantha have talent?
1: Yes.
7: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow.
0: Uh, th- these are people that are publishing um, uh, material that um, are um, amongst our judges. And of course, uh, Greta, who's um, um, a fantastic contributor to BRP Central, with some of the most insightful thoughts on uh, Clarantha's experience, a uh, fantastic um, uh, wit as well. And they're saying to you guys that you have talent.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you to all the uh, contestants. Thank you very much to our uh, judges. And um, yeah, any last words?
3: Yeah, but I wouldn't wait till I'm actually about to die.
0: I was going to say that's a horrible thing to say to people. Are we executing him? <laughs> I didn't know they were killing our judges after they got their Well, we uh, okay. This is a reward.
1: Well, I mean, <laughs> well, given the winner, you are all being fed to the Crimson Bat uh, as a, as a reward. So <laughs> at Just
0: least you won't have soul to worry about it anymore. At least none of you will have to worry about your souls anymore.
3: That's actually really a, a lot of relief to me. So thank you.
1: I mean, mm-hmm. do you really want to see how t- t- the rest of 2020 turns out, frankly? <laughs> oh, good no. Give me the back. Where's the back? Embrace the insanity, guys. You know it
0: makes sense. <laughs> there are many, many thank yous that are have to be done here, guys. <laughs> I mean, that's way too many. Um, we um, found uh, that uh, from advice to sponsorship, judging to planning, and even uh, those volunteering to assist, well... If Grantham teaches you anything, it's that strength comes from community. And I think um, we've got a strong contest with uh, some strong entries. And hopefully we've entertained you all. It's all from you guys as well, so even better. Now, the folks that have helped us create this, they the members of our clan and uh, the uh, has talent. Diana Probst, uh, Greta Gill, Michael O'Brien, Kyossium, Neil Gibson, Nick Brook, Peggy Carpenter, Kissel Bashfulman, um, Rick Mites and our our fantastic contestants
1: all of them um uh and also i think you forgot to thank a friend of the show austin conrad uh, we did not
0: uh, callus um and austin conrad you see what happens when dementia sets in (laughs) (laughs) anyway cool wonderful 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 um listen uh, judges thank you for coming down
3: thank you very much for
4: having us
5: it's been a pleasure
4: Yes, it
2: has. Okay, now that we have uh, finished our real-world contest, uh, we thought: why uh, don't we take a look at contests which take place in Glorantha? Art contests or similar and so we try to uh, hitch, uh, hitch a ride on this and uh, think a bit of art contests or contests in general in plantha and how they fit into your game and what your game can do with them so uh, what's your offering here
0: all right uh, you're saying we're going to take a myth and uh, we're going to try to uh, make um uh, make it into a scenario I might go a little bit backwards on that one. How about um, I take a a, um, a scenario and uh, it kind of creates a myth on its own. Uh, That's confusing. The Garhound Harvest Contest. Michael O'Brien's best contribution as far as I'm concerned to the RQ uh, Renaissance. Um, Love it, love it, love it. Going to be running it here uh, fairly shortly and... um, Let me give you a little bit of a quote from the beginning of it uh, to uh, see if uh, this helps explain what I was talking about. What began as a simple peasant affair, where sons of the local farmers drove amongst themselves for the fair prize, has evolved into a tournament that uh, now attracts uh, warriors from throughout the county and sometimes from even further across Prague. Local lads still compete but they are rarely a match for the uh, well-seasoned hopefuls who ride into Sun County, Pavis, and beyond to uh, contend as suitors for the Harvest Bride. The contests are not advertised, but are known only by reputation. The Garhanders rely on the ways of the gods to provide sufficient contests, contestants of quality, and they have never been disappointed. So you see here that they actually seem to have uh, brought up a um, challenge that um, uh, consisting of seven events held in successive days before the Harvest Festival. Now, you need to have um, a Harvest Festival in any case, but more important, how do you keep the young rascalians and uh, the uh, crazy uh, young uh, girls in uh, your neighborhood a little bit under control? I'm postulating that this came up um, out of a whole cloth. They uh, had moved to, to... to a new territory following uh, the gentleman who founded New Pavis, They followed uh, Sir Declan Garhound to this uh, area north of the uh, White Rock River and settled in. Probably started throwing harvest uh, ceremonies right off the bat, but did not connect with any of the harvest gods until finally Arnalda was brought into it. As stated, they don't advertise for this. People are almost summoned to it. And it seems that the gods were actually summoned to this too by the to them creating the myth and bringing all of the competitors, the gods all of the themes into it after you guys have anything uh, on your mind on this? Well, uh,
2: in my opinion there's always been the myth of attracting all those suitors and uh, them
0: competing uh, against one another so. these, these existed elsewhere but not necessarily in this area I think you might have to actually go back to the time of Tadat to actually see uh, this occurring in Prax.
2: Yes, I mean uh, uh, this area was farmed once before uh, when the city of Pevis was originally for uh, founded, and the
0: uh, Aeros- uh, Aerosmith dynasty, I believe.
2: Yes, and of course Pe- uh, Pevis, the hero and serve, and before that, mm-hmm. there was a lot of. Uh, Chaos uh, uh, caused waste here. And in the golden age, there were the Tadashi, the people of Tada, who uh, uh, did uh, do some agriculture all over Prax. But now they're reduced to the oasis. There are a few in uh, the city of Pevis, but most of Prax hasn't seen uh, any kind of agriculture Prior to the uh, Empire of the Worms' Friend coming in,
1: wasn't Prax already like barren land by then? Though,
2: yes, uh, it emerged from the uh, well, from the battles against chaos, uh, like that.
1: Yeah. So how how did they do agriculture in there then? Uh, they rely on the fertility of the Zolafer River and the soil brings it brings in. Oh, so it was still in the in the valley of of the Zolafel, not not elsewhere in Prax, right?
2: Yes, uh, well, uh, the oases are also an exception to the general devastation of prax.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keep in mind that the serpents though, are attached to the zolapel River, um, either spiritually or actually physically, serpents, of course, being the rivers that feed the oases. Mm-hmm.
1: And were all those, uh, uh, these old cultures, were they like Storm and Earth? So would they have, you know, L- Arnoldian-type uh, myth?
2: Yes. Uh, the The entirety of Pracks was part of Arnold Dela, uh, according to the source book.
1: Okay. So you uh, think the the Garhound contest could have been dating all the way back from there and kind of died out and then got uh, popular again?
2: Yes, uh, the spirits of pre- uh, of the PEPs include...
0: Actually, I would say that they didn't die out and got popular again. Uh, they uh, died out and uh, new um, uh, protectors and new um, uh, myths came into being. In fact, it had nothing to do with Storm and Earth. <laughs>
1: what
0: well, myth? Uh, Waha has nothing to do with Storm. And although Erethia is a part of the uh, Earth tribe, she's not in all that.
2: Yes, uh... But uh, if you look at the Spurs of the Pabs, uh, they still have a couple of agricultural uh, spirits there. Um, very much reduced and uh, basically a subcourse of Aretha now. But mm-hmm. it's, uh, there's still some memory of farming and the savannah of tracks.
1: But that's that's nowhere near where enough memory, yes. Yeah, but that's not where the Garhound contest is, right, uh, Bill? No. It's, it's in Pavis County? Yes.
0: Now, actually, this is a correct area, Ludo. Um, as a matter of fact, there are b- three branches of deities in this area. Um, you have the uh, Praxian deities, you have uh, Pavis and uh, the um, deities associated with Pavis, and you have the invader de- deities that came with uh, Dorsar and uh, the Orlanthi. So the, what you're getting into there is uh, more deities that have been brought into the territory in the past uh, three generations.
1: Okay. And so you see the Garhound Festival as being a tradition brought by the invader deities or more uh, from the local traditions of Prakshan gods? Probably a melding of the two. What do you think, George? Um, well, I, I would say
2: the invader deities already came with Pevis and the Aerosmith uh, dynasty, uh, mm-hmm. using settlers here, because... One branch of uh, Praxian agriculture has been uh, here uh, since the founding of Pervis, and that's Sand uh, County. Those guys uh, are farmers when they aren't mercenaries.
0: Okay. Okay, so we got the basis happening here. We have um, something that can be summoned. New deities, old deities, deities that exist here to begin with. You start having a uh, contest year after year, at, in the early days, people were wondering, you know, is this actually doing any good? Like, they weren't seeing physical evidence. But, you know, causality. After a while, you begin to see patterns. And some of the old-timers were saying, ah, but do you remember the winter of when uh, um, uh, we had had a great warrior win? It seems that they can tell that years when great warriors have won, things have gone well for the um, uh, for the Earth as they have a powerful protector, husband protector coming in to, uh, to uh, take the place the winner of this contest actually gets to live in this area for a year gets the house gets uh, the uh, b- b- harvest uh, queen as a bride um, marriages that are blessed with uh, children um, um, uh, bless the land itself so old and new um, you can have a Orlanthi as a hero protector you can have a waha tribesman as a uh, hero protector
1: can the Lunar participate? Could there be a Lunar uh, winner? Yes. What's that going to do to the crops?
0: <laughs> what is it going to do to the crop? Put it onto a Lunar cycle? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So uh, <laughs> Definitely. So do you have like the player characters take part in, the, in this uh, uh, Harvest Festival contest then?
0: This is so well planned. Michael O'Brien has set it up so you can partake if you wish. You can bet on it if you wish. You can wander around and what, what, what does one do? I'm going to leave this to you guys. Philman. And this will pretty much give a pretty good wrap up. What does one do in a festival in RuneQuest? Now, of course, unless uh, you have a tavern where everybody meets and somebody runs into a tavern saying, I need adventurers, <laughs> a lot of Game Masters are at a loss. But you guys, Game Master RuneQuest, what can be done at a festival that requires skills that have nothing to do with combat.
2: Well, uh, f- for one, you can be in the support team of one of the participants. Which would... Yeah, well, you, you can, you can uh, aid him, you can train him, you can uh, sabotage his opponents or uh, prevent sabotage by
1: his opponents. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I also imagine...
0: You could be Meredith to uh, Sylvester Stallone's um, um, Iraqi in that case.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But I also imagine that there's a bunch of uh, uh, non-combat, like, uh, um, how do you call that, challenges uh, in the contest, right? There's maybe like a race, uh, I don't know, a spitting contest, uh, (laughs) a singing contest or whatever. I I imagine there's a a whole bunch of different... So, if one wished to, one could compete in the contest
0: then, and and you're saying one could be training the contestants, could one perhaps be looking for a bride, uh, looking for a deal to be made, looking for employment, looking for a business opportunity? Yeah. Yeah. Looking for a tale that only uh, the uh, jester of the lunar um, person of importance in this territory happens to know.
2: Yeah, or you could have uh, your, uh, your pl- uh, the plans very much of your own, like trying to assassinate uh, somebody you expect to attend, or uh, abduct them, or uh, get a diplomatic relationship with them. There are other opportunities uh, at these uh, events,
1: and I, I feel do shiver with anticipation. Or you can just go to the drinking contest. <laughs>
0: You, yes. Uh, speaking of contests, what if you're not competing, but you still want to um, uh, be involved in the contest in a big way? In our world, of course, you would buy yourself a, uh, a ticket um, uh, that uh, would bet on the game. This world, you're going to find yourself a bookie and um, um, uh, start making bets and this saying if you can't make a fortune. Now, the best way to make a fortune, of course, is betting on the long odds. What happens if you decide that you're going to influence the contest so you can win? <laughs> Yes. Mm -hmm. The possibilities seem to be endless above and beyond the competition entirely. Like, this competition is happening? Ignore them. (laughs) I'm sure that you can have 100,000 adventures in the middle of
1: this. Cool. And uh, can you remind us where that uh, Garhound contest is? Is it it from one of uh, Mob's uh, books from the RQ3 era?
2: It is THE book uh, of the uh, which started the RuneQuest 3 uh, Renaissance. It's uh, in Sun County.
1: Sun County, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. People can find Sun County on eBay if they want to know more about the Garhound contest? Yes.
2: The original uh, printing of uh, Melisande's hand was in uh, issue 4 of uh, Tales of Reaching Moon, and the Tales crew did produce a best of Tales of Reaching Moon, I think one to six, excluding five, rather late in the publishing history. And you might be able to get one of those on eBay at perhaps a little less than for the Sun County.
0: Of course, one can also be patient and wait uh, because um, with the printing and the success of Boren's footnotes, I believe they're also looking at printing Tales of the Reaching Moon as well as POD and PDF.
2: Yes. Uh, if they can get the legalese uh, sorted out because quite a lot of authors are hard to contact now.
0: Yeah. There's also another possibility, Jorg. Um, John Hughes, uh, back in the day, um, released it for Hero Wars. Now I'm not sure if it was for a convention or – anyway, that'd be worth uh, finding um, as well.
2: And, cool. if, and if we manage to find it, uh, we will point you there in the show notes.
0: Okay. Let's uh, move on and see, uh, see what else we have uh, for myth and your game. Yes.
2: So, uh, yeah, I, I think I did. Uh, I tried to do the conventional approach. And I'm working on a game uh, on the shores of Corinth Bay where fisher folk are involved. And I looked into a way to find a singing contest there. And I came up with a myth. Nice. Whenever there's a a dispute over fishing rights in uh, the Coralinto Bay, the Ludoch, who are acting as kind of overlord of the fisherfolk, like to settle that with a singing contest. And this dates back to to the survival period of the greater darkness. All along the shores of Coralinto Bay, whenever groups of fisherfolk have a dispute over the rights uh, to a productive shell bank or reef, they may solve this by a singing contest judged by the Ludoch. As the darkness grew worse, all the waters south of Genateda dried up. This was devastating to the F- Pelliskite fisherfolk, who had taken refuge in the cyclopean walls of Kars. Bereft on their main source of fu- food, they scavenged what they could from the foul puddles of mud or the dry land around them, beset by bad things that lurked the land. The breaking of the world, while catastrophic to Grand as a whole, brought relief to the fisherfolk of Kars. When the waters returned and Coral was reawakened, they came to the shore and sang and danced to greet the waters. This was overheard by some Ludok who had been swept along by the waters uh, rushing into these parts. These mermen had not heard any expression of joy for a long time in this period of sorrow. Moved by these almost forgotten emotions, they guided the singers and dancers to the source of shellfish as their reward this auspicious beginning led to a lasting friendship and gratitude of the fisher folk. when their numbers multiplied greatly in the dawn age they moved all around the mineral sea and renewed their contact with those of their kin who had taken shelter elsewhere now also pr- spreading alongside the coast but that growth led to scarcity of the best fishing grounds Rather than letting their tributary humans fight it out, the Ludoch of the bay demanded that they settle their claims for those places by providing the best and most joyful entertainment for the Finn folk of the bay.
1: Cool. I'm getting a Call of Cthulhu vibes almost here. Like it's like uh, I mean, we've got this spell when uh, you go sing near the the seashore, and there are those uh, fish hybrid humans who come and show you where the good <laughs> uh, the good fish are. <laughs> Yes, uh, <laughs> it sounds, sounds like a deal with the Deep Ones. Yes, only
2: un- unlike the Deep Ones, uh, this time uh, the fins are the, the fish-like parts and the faces are the more human-like parts.
1: <laughs> when you say the fins, you're not talking about Finlands, right?
2: No, I'm talking about tail fins here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, we're interrupting you there, and um,
0: uh, Björk. I'm pretty sure you're close to the end of that. Yeah, why don't you uh, finish it off for us?
2: Okay. uh, um, The Ludok demand that uh, the fisherfolk settle their claims for those places by providing the best and most joyful entertainment for the finn folk of the bay. And that is how the best fish shoals or muscle banks are awarded to the best singers and dancers among the fisherfolk. And as a result, their women are renowned for their graceful sinuous dances, and Peleskite chorus songs have made it even to the repertoire of the uh, puppeteers, and thereby to the courts of kings and queens. So, yeah, that's my little mythlet that I produce.
0: So this is a non-canonical, you're saying. Are you, um, is there something that says that the Ludac are marvelous um, entertainers? Uh, the Ludo- or this is uh, something you're assuming?
2: Well, uh, we do know that everybody uh, has singing and dancing and as part of their cultural keyboard.
1: But it's the fishermen who do the singing, right?
2: The fish are fog, yeah. The ludok are, yeah. uh, are the ones who are judging the contest.
1: Yeah, so the the, the, the ludok almost um, uh, uh, raised the humans to dance for them for, for their entertainment. Like, hey, look at that! If we if we show the humans where the good fishes are, they uh, <laughs> they do funny stuff. In a
2: way, yes.
0: <laughs> interesting.
2: You asked whether I'm. Uh, this is canonical. I try to uh, stay as close to Canon as I could, and uh, a couple of those facts are well-known. Uh, the actual meeting of uh, singing uh, Fisherfolk, uh, the Ludoch, uh, that was my idea for this, and I think it's likely. It may not be uh, canonical, but is it against Canon? I don't think so.
1: It's canonical as long as nothing from Canon contradicts it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um... So do, do the Ludor have specific taste? And I mean, because like they might have uh, a hearing system that is adapted to underwater instead. So maybe they are more attracted or repulsed by some sounds that may seem natural or unnatural to me. So does that mean the Fisher Folk had to invent or develop new singing throat techniques or invent new instruments or things like that? Over the course
0: of the years, I think so. May I cut in there for a second and I'd suggest one possibility. Jörg and I were talking the other day about Monty Python and the funniest hit they've ever released that has zero words, a little bit of a dance tune, and multiple fish. Actually, three to be specific. (laughs) The the fish dance uh, consists of a gentleman doing a weird high-stepping dance up toward another gentleman and hitting him in the face with a trout and then stepping back, (laughs) stepping forward in a high-stepping kind of way and hitting him in the face with the trout in the other hand, and then stepping back in a kind of high-stepping way until the other gentleman gets sick enough of it that he pulls out a flounder from his back pocket and knocks him into the canal. Everybody on the planet laughs at this. The famous fish dance, yes. (laughs) Um, I don't think that the
2: Ludwig approve uh, uh, playing with the food, but... Uh, if the, I'm really
0: sure, though, if you were to come up with something simple and um, a slapstick, uh, they would love it.
2: Yes. Uh, I think that over the centuries, uh, the islanders will have researched the tastes of the Ludoch and have tried to adapt their uh, presentations to what the Ludoch like or what they think that they like. And, of course, oh. uh, the Ludoch may have gone for diversity and... Um, uh, new thrills. Uh, so, uh, this may have escalated a bit, and the uh, presentations may be unusual at uh, times.
1: Hmm. And it might also have had an effect on Ludoc society, where, uh, you know, listening to experimental human music might actually bring <laughs> new uh, new fashion trends and things to, uh, to the Ludoc uh, underground, uh, underwater uh, societies.
2: Yes, uh, there will very well be some form of response. And, yeah, the change of judges may change the outcome of these contests.
0: Well, Jörg, I'm I'm finding one little flaw here. Now, you've given us the myth. How do we bring this into our game?
2: So, yes, I've given you the myth. So what are we going to do in the game? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, like, you, like you said, for the Garhound contest, uh, having such a contest happening is an opening to lots of activities that can be done. You can participate in these, you can uh, research something and bring it into one of the groups, or you uh, can simply enjoy it. You can sabotage it. There
1: are plenty of, <laughs> you could, plenty of you ways could, yeah. you can do you could sabotage it so that your uh, your family gets the uh, gets the good uh, fishing grounds,
0: or oh, that nobody gets. Thank them. you. I was going to
1: ask who, who would sabotage it, but uh, you've answered it perfectly.
0: That that does make sense.
1: Okay, now let's move on to uh, a last bit of um, um, entertainment and uh, artistic myth. I mean, I didn't I didn't go very far in my research. I, uh, you know, we we said the uh, the topic would be about uh, you know art and music, and I said uh, I'm just going to read up some stuff about Bonandor, uh, which is the uh, god of music and entertainment in uh, the Orlandi uh, Pantheon. Uh, and he was in... Did you actually find anything, Nudo? <laughs> uh, yeah, I did when I looked into, um, a bunch of old, uh, Hero Quest era books. But, uh, actually there's a, a little bit about Donandar in The Smoking Ruin. Ah. Uh, and he will be in The Gods of Glorenta, the upcoming book, obviously. Uh, but yeah, it's, he's, um... Uh, He plays music and uh, uh, wanders the world. He was involved in the puppeteer troupe for a while. I think he was the leader of the puppeteer troupe. Uh, It's not quite clear to me, but anyway. Um, And so the interesting thing... Uh, which might interest uh, Jörg actually because he's kind of uh, to me he lives at this intersection between uh, cults as patron deities and cults as occupation (laughs) because uh, because yeah like uh, Jörg has this big thing about like your cult doesn't define what you actually do Uh, and in the case of entertainment a lot of uh, cults so uh, you know poets jesters, musicians uh, whatever, uh, a lot of them are actually just initiates of Orlanth or Ronaldo. I mean, Orlanth is known to have uh, dabbled in uh, art himself when he did uh, contests against Yelm. Leave and, us not
0: forget Yermo.
1: Uh, yeah, Irmo, <laughs> leave, also, leave us so, not yeah. forget Yermo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does, he does stuff. So, I mean, you don't have to be a uh, an initiate of the non to actually be an entertainer. And this is <laughs> what led me to this idea where, um, you know, only people who get very serious about entertainment actually initiating Donandor possibly just as a secondary cult to get like extra little bits of, of magic, which, you know, by the way, I think the Donandor magic is way under um, underrated. Like it should have more, uh, especially illusion-based uh, spells and stuff like that. But anyway, so I figured that maybe... A lot of people don't really seek out the Donandor cult, especially since there's not many um, uh, Donandor um, initiates and priests and rune lords uh, out there. Like, they're probably very rare. And all you get is maybe a small little shrine inside a, a, a storm or earth temple. So, uh,
0: I... All the games I've ever played, I see them as a the, um, NPC. Almost never,
1: never, never as a NPC. And um, so I figured maybe it's Donandor who comes to you because the other part of Donandor's myth is that uh, he's kind of like, you know, the archetypal uh, god who wanders the world and sometimes shows up on your doorstep. I mean, that's there is a tradition in the T where if you see a wandering entertainer, and he is asking for, uh, you know, a roof and a bit of food, then uh, you always abide, because there's a chance it's Donander himself. Mm. Uh, I mean, you can find this kind of myth, you know, with the Vikings and a whole bunch of uh, other real-world uh, cultures. And so I think... worth they...
0: mentioning that one yeah. of the virtues of Orlanti is, of course, hospitality. I um, mean, it's, it's good that they have myths that actually... Present this yes. and the uh, uh, possible mm-hmm. consequence yeah. if you forget about yeah. it.
1: So, maybe when you are uh, a good enough entertainer, like promising enough, but you are just a initiate of uh, something else, like again Orlando or whatever, maybe Donandar shows up on your doorstep one day or shows up during one of your performances. Uh, like while you're giving out a concert or a, a, some kind of um, a theatric performance or whatever, there's this guy who shows up in the crowd and starts to participate in your... Uh, um That's one
2: uh, one way uh, he could yeah. show up. The other way he could show up is you become him.
0: He could, yeah. But, I actually had that happen to me once. <laughs> oh, yeah? How, how so? A musician um, um, started playing in the audience while I was playing um, uh, on well. stage. He was good. Um, he turned out to be an interesting um, individual and he b- became a part of the oh, empty yeah. music scene with a band called the Chicken Snails Roadshow with <laughs> you, if you can believe it.
1: Well, maybe it was Don Andor. Uh <laughs> But yeah, you're, I mean, one of the reasons I i am um, talking mostly about Don Andor showing up as a separate person is that uh, he might be unknowingly uh, to you, actually test you and trying to push you to your limits, so he starts playing with you, or you know, takes out an instrument or whatever in your home or on stage. Yeah. Starts playing with you and and pushes you to play. Better and better along with you. Yeah. It might even go into some kind of small hero quest when you suddenly realize, like, there's some you know weird shit going on. You're not on stage yeah. anymore. You're not <laughs> in your house anymore, etc. Yeah. etc. Cetera, et cetera. And then when you're done, if you can keep up with him, you know, with uh, you know augmented roles, uh, extended contests, whatever you want uh, to play it at the table. At the end, this stranger thanks you for the performance, leaves. And you realize a day later that maybe uh, you got extra points in some of your skills, especially the the skills you used to perform. And maybe you lost a point or two of power, but gained some new rune points dedicated to Donandor. You gained some new spells and all of a sudden you're an initiate or maybe before you were an initiate and now you're suddenly a rune rolled. and, And it kind of happened without you realizing it more or I mean yeah the GM might have to agree with the player offhand but uh, or maybe not maybe the, the GM can spring that as a surprise but I figured it might be interesting to have this this thing where this stranger does a contest with you and then goes away and you realize you got new points yeah
0: I like your odd way of, uh, de- of determining new spells There, there is also of course the usual way one can travel to shrines of uh, Donandar and meet his brothers, who also teach um, uh, individual rune spells at uh, various uh, different shrines. Now, I don't know if his brothers are canonical. There is one source that I have found for uh, Donandar. It comes from uh, Rick Meins' uh, product from Glorantha um, Classics, the Cult Compendium. So it's not a, me- a member of the cults of praxis, it's not a member of the cults of terror, but it is a fan created. I don't think A uh, so. bit of a work on uh, Don and Dark.
2: I don't think so. I think it was taken from different worlds as one of the uh, of the uh, cults uh, which were done for each rune. You see, um, uh, when, uh, the, when Gods of Glorantha for Quest III was created, So Chaosium did long card write-ups of all the major deities, all the rune owners. And I'm not quite sure when uh, uh, Bolongo got uh, Disorder and Yomar got uh, Illusion, but at least for me, the real master of Illusion is Donanda, not Yomar. Yomar has stolen all of that, but uh, Donanda is, is really the guy who has Illusion.
1: Yeah, Well, that's what I was saying though. I think so far the rune spells, the illusion related rune spells that Donandar gets are not very good. I think they should be better. uh, And they should be, uh, I think there's a way to have Irmal have the illusion spells that are uh, misleading and confusing and uh donand are having more illusion spells but that are more yeah. like less about doing tricks and more about um uh cool stuff basically um but yeah. uh, i think i think you'd have to house rule all that
0: yeah. working working in the industry i might have to point out that a lot of illusion that has to do with anything that donand would be involved with puppet troops um uh, poetry singing some um, any of these things are going to require a little illusion or a lot of illusion, and that is usually done in a very mundane way. Skills rather than magics. Although, I guess, within Euclorenta, skills are magic. Everything Well,
2: magic. Uh, I, I personally think that uh, Puppeteer's performance has lots of special effects uh, that uh, uh, people like George Lucas would like to borrow.
0: <laughs> special effects are required. Uh, uh, what you need is a um suspension of belief or disbelief that's all you need once uh, you've got their minds uh, willing to go along with you you could take them anywhere
2: yeah um okay uh i have i happened to discuss the puppeteers just recently on the german uh, discord uh, channel so uh and uh, there are posited that uh the puppeteers open a gateway, so to say, into a stronger version of the myth, which you can witness. A bit like uh, being a participant of a cult ride, where people wear masks, and all of a sudden you don't see the masks, you see the deities uh, that are depicted in those masks. And the magic of Donada basically is to tell a story and to bring all the audience into the mythic environment where they get. This uh, experience that you usually only get as an initiate and in, uh, a ride of your own, this otherworldly stuff.
0: And I, I postulate that a lot of the magic of Donandar has more to do with skill than magic. Although, again, in the world of Granta, I don't think there's that much of a veil separating the yeah. two. One
2: thing that I notice about Lulu's uh, proposal is that it's a nice twist uh, on the medieval, uh, you uh, play fiddle against the devil.
1: Yeah, it's a nicer version. Mm.
2: Yes, a much nicer version. And uh, still, uh, if you had a monotheist creed uh, bigoted against the old deities, uh, uh, Donander would uh, end up being uh, called a demon at least.
0: Are we digressing, Ludo, or are we actually adding to it? uh, No, it's fine.
1: I was actually uh, thinking about uh, what Yerick said about the property troupe having, you know, lots of special effects and stuff like that, and I was reminded of uh, the Dazzler character in the X-Men, who is this, uh, uh, this mm-hmm. mutant and she uh, she's usually, well, before she joins the X-Men, she has uh, she was like a, a singer, I think she was a disco singer originally, because she's, she, she's from the early 80s <laughs> uh, and she was using her power to, you know, do uh, sound, vibration, lights, um, light beams and stuff like that to enhance her shows. And uh, I was thinking that uh, that's the type of rune magic that I would like to see in uh, Donander uh, (laughs) cult because I think the only... um The only two spells, canonically, that Donandor characters get is Harmonize, which lets you, you know, uh, uh, better organize a a Harmonize should not be underrated. It is powerful, but, uh, I mean, it can be abused, I'm pretty (laughs) sure, but... um, Well, what you're calling abuse is what I'm
0: calling the power of the spell. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes, and the other one is switch places, which uh, lets you create a double of yourself and then switch places with it to do some cheap magic tricks. I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's also it's also very useful, but I I would have liked to see more spells like like yeah, sound effects and uh, visual effects that um, one would use for uh, performances. I think
2: Ludo that uh, all the basic uh, illusion spells, apart from the hallucinate ones. Which uh, obviously don't do much on a, on a uh, stage are uh, part of the repertoire of, uh, of Donanda. So, uh,
0: and I, I wish I could get you guys to see that the mundane skills are a lot more powerful in illusion than you think they are. And this is based upon, based upon 40 years of being in the in- industry. They're incredibly potent and incredibly powerful without even special effects. It's all the way you pitch your voice. It's all the way that uh, whether you're playing in minor or major, your chord choices, your word choices, the, what you dress as.
1: Well, um, that's it for this topic.
2: Okay. See you again for, for our next episode.
1: Yeah, farewell, and uh, watch out for any wandering singer or poet. Don't forget to leave a, a, a plate at the table.
0: And those of you wandering through the rock mountains, you have been warned. That is where the trolls live and Asiri's merchants travel at peril. <laughs>
1: cool. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of WindWords. Our website is windwords.fm where you can find other episodes. Reach us via email at tribe at for any questions or feedback. We are all us.
0: I guess if you're talking about Gennartella, you're not gonna say the word banana. Ever.
5: The Syndic's ban- banana? <laughs> Ha <laughs> <laughs>